Father, thank you, Lord, thank you. We thank you, Father, for the gift of life, for strength, for provision. Thank you, Lord. We commit everyone here, everyone online, all your church, everywhere. We bless them in your name. We commit them into thy hands. We pray your presence will be with us and with them. Go with us and go before us, Lord, all of us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Speak to us. Prepare us, Lord, for all of life. This preparation for one day. That day we will stand before you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So we are back with Revelation. Remember, as we go to Revelation chapter 1, first verse 1. Remember what this book is all about. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, if we, if you miss that first line and you read the rest of the verses, the whole book, the whole Bible actually, we will get many things, but we'll miss the most important thing that the Bible in itself is a revelation of Jesus Christ. And especially the last book is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Often when we read the Bible, we get so many things, but we miss the main ingredient because it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. The focus, it's centered on Jesus Christ. And what is it to the reader is verse 3. Paul to Timothy will say, all scripture is inspired of God and is profitable. But specifically this book, blessed is he who reads, those who hear the words of the prophecy. It's a foretelling of things that are going to happen. And three, keep those things which are written. Last Monday we saw Revelation 1, 6, and today we look at 6 and 7, not 6 and 7, primarily 7. He has made, after washing us of all our sins, what the blood does, we saw last week, he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. We saw the history of priesthood and what dominion, what kings do, they dominate. We dominate the flesh, therefore sin, Satan, and the world, and we serve, we serve God. Just recapping it quickly, we looked at the king's part, okay, king's reign, and basically their reign brings righteousness. And we don't rule over people, we rule over self so that we experience the kingdom of God which is manifested as peace and joy. That's the difference. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you and you will have much tribulation in this world. So the proof of the kingdom in us, the manifestation of the kingdom is peace and joy. So your situations really don't matter and we have extreme situations like Apostle Paul, especially in the letter to Philippians, lying in a dungeon, is able to say that the peace of God guards his mind and Christ. 
and hearts in Christ Jesus and he tells us rejoice in the Lord. So you, he has peace and he has joy because he's been working out righteousness in his own life. That's the manifestation. But the other things outside may trouble us for a little while, but ultimately we have to allow the kingdom to manifest and the manifestation of the kingdom is peace and joy in our life. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, that is the kingdom of God. That's the priest part. And then we saw, we are looking at Jesus. We are looking at Jesus as our, what is say, you say, know, I use those words like prototype and all, but he is our example. Okay, we have this cloud of witnesses. Hebrews 11 records a whole lot of them, but primarily the only witness, the true and faithful witness is Jesus Christ. So we look at him as a priest who offered himself as an atonement for our sins. And in return, in the light of God's mercy, we offer ourselves. That is Romans 12, 1. Second, we saw he intercedes for us. Day and night he intercedes and we are called to pray without ceasing. And a gift specially of prayer has been given to us so that actually we can be an intercessor. Then if you go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 and 16. 15 and 16. Or maybe let us go to 13. Let us go to 13 and 14 to 16. Okay. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. So how does this practically happen? So we are called, okay, we are called, okay, as a priest. He was taken. He, they didn't know what they were doing to him, but he was taken outside the city. Outside the city. The city didn't want him. Meaning this world did. He came to his own. But his own did not receive him. So he was rejected. And ultimately the ultimate rejection is outside the city. He is crucified. And then we are called to follow that pattern. Therefore let us go forth with to him. Outside the camp, bearing his reproach. On a practical, functional level. This is Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2. Okay, Romans 12.1 is our offering as a, as a priest, like he did. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The minute you start actually doing it, what happens is you start bearing the reproach of Christ. The mockery of this world, because you choose any public place, anywhere in the secular system, when you choose not to think like them and be like them and dress like them and listen to the stuff like them, watch all the eat, everything pertaining to the to that man, when you choose not to, that is bearing the reproach of Christ. Okay, you choose to be, you choose not to. That is where the world comes. And it, like I said, that comes first in your mind. Do not be conformed. And when you are doing it, you are choosing that there is no lasting place in my, in this city, in this city called, this world called Babylon. This is not my place. I'm just a sojourner. I'm just passing by. I am passing by. I am, I'm just passing by. So that's what it is talking about. Let us bear. Because you cannot go to 15 and 16 until you have come, come to this. Okay? Until. Okay. Then only it becomes. And if you look there, so that's what it's talking about. So going back to verse 14 and then verse 15. Okay, 15. 
Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach, for we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Okay, and then when it comes to verse 15, therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. That is when your praise becomes sacrificial. Otherwise there is no, I mean, the praise we do in the mornings and in the church and all, there's no sacrifice in it because we have conformed to the pattern of the world and that set of people come to church and they're casual because there is no sacrifice because through the week you conform to the world, you were not a reproach in this world. So there is no sacrifice there. There is no sacrifice there because if you act, look at it. Any average Christian, there is no way you can distinguish they are not part of this world. In which way are we not part of this world? In which way are we not, are we bearing the reproach of Christ? Okay, how we bridge. Okay, so that's what they're talking about. And then when it comes to what does a priest do? He burns the incense and all that. So that is basically talking about continually offer the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to him, to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share with such sacrifice. Again, it is not to do good and to share, it has to be a sacrifice. It has to be a sacrifice. If it is not a sacrifice, it is not a sacrifice, that is what the widow at Zarephath is being called to. She's just got enough dough and oil to make probably two small little cakes for her and her son. And she's asked to give sacrificially. He said, first make it and give it to me. So whether it is our, that we, we do not conform to the pattern of the world, that's a sacrifice because you will bear, truly bear the reproach of Christ. Because one look, I mean, it, did, it won't take more than two or three days in the secular space for them to know you don't belong. You don't belong. Some people, in India, it's in so many ways, it is better. I honestly believe it's much better in southern India, especially because we live in a Hindu nation, which is Hinduism. It's a very tolerant religion. It accepts all kinds of paths. So it doesn't harass you so much. It is more now difficult in Western nations because that kind of Christianity is not accepted. And you will be constantly pushed to subscribe to something. But here also it's coming in, okay? Of course, okay, you will be. I'm telling you the pressure is intense. If you really, really do not conform to the pattern of the world, they will test you, they will push you. All these things will happen. And that comes with your thinking. You think, you know, that's what basically Daniel is actually doing. Okay, Daniel is taken to a Babylon court and it is on a very small thing. It's a small thing. If you look at three things, they are tested, these four people. The rest is all eschatology. First is about food. Second is about worship. And the third is about prayer. Third is about prayer. These three things, they refuse to conform. And these three things set them apart. Set them apart. These three things set them apart. We don't eat like you do. There are certain things which are kosher. There are certain things which are not kosher. Okay. <laughs> it was listening to Mike Huckabee, if you knew he was one of the old presidential candidates. Um, and he never 
one or anything, but he was also an ordained Baptist preacher, if I'm right. So he was talking about the woke, this thing in America, about Bud Light, the beer. And it's been crashing because they tried to go woke and all that. So he said, so it was not difficult for me to give up Bud Light. No, I also decided no Bud Light. And he said it was very easy for me to give up Bud Light because I'm a lifelong teetotaler. I don't even touch it. But he was making a point. Okay. So, no, so, I mean, think about it. I knew, I knew a man and my, my uncle, he's retired from the army and all. No, So if you know the army, and he was a senior officer, if you know in the army, they always have parties. Some officer is coming in or going out. So the term they use is dining in, dining out. New officer, old officer is posted. They have in the officer's mess a party, gala party. He's sent out a new person. So they call it dining in, dining out, dining in. Okay. And if you know army messes, what is served, it's always is liquor. It will be served, good food, everything. And I used to go because I was a civilian chaplain. He used to always call me, come James, because you can witness. I will send you certain cases to you. This one is going through depression. That one is alcoholic. I will tell them, that's a pastor. Go talk to him. He will help you. But you need to realize that in that entire lot, he and I were the only one who used to drink Sprite. Me, of course, they know. I'm civilian. But he, senior officer, Everybody knew, including the mess staff. All of them knew. Colonel Saab only drinks Sprite. He doesn't drink. So even in a small thing, it was a testimony. And there were so many Christian officers. They all drank. They all drank. It was a testimony in that place. Was he offensive or nothing at all? He's not pushing it on anybody. You need to be like me and all. He said, this is what I am. This is what I am. This is what I am. You know? And he was an extremely praying man. Extremely praying. But these are the things which we are talking about. I st- if you know the army, they have on festivals and all, Hindu festivals, so they are Sarva Dharma kind of a thing. They have temple and mosque and church and regiments depending upon the cantonment and all that. So what they used to have is that when there is, oh, let us say, Ram Navami. And Ram Navami, the senior officer, is the one who leads the troops. Into the mandir. Okay. That's the law. <laughs> In the army. The law of the land. The law of the army. What do you do? This is nothing you can do. So if he's a very senior officer, he leads his battalion into the temple and takes them through the, this thing over there. What can you do? You know what he does? He said, I can't lie. And I can't go. So Lord, tomorrow is this festival. I'm trusting you to have 102 degree temperature. And he will be. So he doesn't lie. He, so he sends his two, two, two IC, second in command. People who kept their testimony, we will not compromise. We will not compromise. And they're willing to be the reproach. Okay, willing. And they gave, actually gave a praise that was sacrificial. Sacrificial. He retired long ago. If he had not retired long ago, if he had been in the current dispension, he would have never been promoted. He would have been marked out. It was a different dispension then. They didn't bother. What I'm saying is that you need to understand in every place God will demand this. This is these priests and the kings. You exercise dominion only over self. Only over self. And then you function as a priest in your own life. And if you are a man and a father, you exercise 
priesthood in your home, in your family. That's what God calls. Now go to verse 7. Now verse 7 is a very controversial verse for eschatologists. Okay. Revelation 1, 7. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so. Amen. Very controversial words for eschatologists. The reason is, if you look at verse 7, it is definitely talking about the second coming. And if it's talking about the second coming, this words does not apply to rapture, if there is rapture. This is the second coming. So this is a very controversial verse for those who believe in rapture. Because this is not talking about rapture. This is definitely talking about the second coming. So the question of rapture always arises. And it's a simple question. You have to use things logically. You know, question of, we will say, there was never this rapture. Another rapture is there in the Bible. Who will be to those of us who are alive will be taken. And the secret coming of the Lord. These things are there in the Bible. But the question is this. Why is this that this particular doctrine came alive only in the last 150 years. It is the reason is because rapture only applies to the people in the last days. It does not apply to anybody else. Like I said, so many things, everything is unlocked, but they are locked by time. Because if you are living in the 2nd century, 3rd century, 4th century, rapture doesn't make any, though you are preparing for judgment, the Lord's coming. In actuality, we know in hindsight, it's not going to happen to them. It's going to happen to us. It's going to happen to us. Okay? So there is this question of rapture. That is, Jesus' secret coming for his bride. I won't say church, I will say bride. Okay? the girl who prepared herself she has judged herself thoroughly and made herself ready I'll give you two verses one is Ephesians chapter 5 26-27 that he might sanctify and cleanse her with a washing of water by the word. This is the picture that is given in a home. So Jesus is the husband. The husbands are asked to emulate Jesus. What is the name, what is the job of this, of Jesus, of the husband to prepare his family for rapture? <coughs> to get her, his family, rapture ready. Okay? But Jesus was the model first. He was rapture ready. <laughs> spotless, and then he got his family ready, okay, that he might present her to himself, okay, so he's preparing the church for himself as a glorious church, having, not having spot or wrinkle or any such things that he should be holy and without blemish, spotless, that's the bride he's preparing, when he's prepared her that way, he will present her to Himself. So he's doing it for her and for himself. When you come to Revelation chapter 19 and verse 7 and 8, okay? Now this is a picture in heaven. It's not a picture on earth. This is a picture in heaven. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife 
has made herself ready. Now you identify among all the millions who are saved over the century, the bride is going to be identified. She has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So these righteous acts were not in heaven. They were on earth. But she's in heaven. That's what the Bible says. Your deeds will either will follow you. So she's come through judgment. All her deeds have been evaluated. She has been. I'm using the term she because it's called the bride. But it's not he or she. It's, it's, it's a people. Okay, It's a set of people who have come through down the centuries who made them pure, spotless, without blemish. And they also had the acts of righteousness. So she has two qualities. One, she has holiness, okay, holiness, and she has righteousness, and she has prepared herself. This is the bride. And so it, this is the bride, and it is for her, he is coming. Okay, this is the secret coming of Jesus Christ. This is what theologians talk about, those who believe in rapture talks about, that there is a secret coming of Jesus Christ, and then, He will come back. Okay. Now Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7. Now let us read it carefully because these things have to be read carefully. Behold his coming. Not in clouds. He's coming with clouds. Not in the clouds. He's coming with clouds. Okay. Now we need to understand in the Bible. Some words are used as symbols. Clouds does means clouds and also does not mean clouds. Waters mean waters and also does not mean waters. Let's look, use scripture to interpret scripture. Revelation 17, verse 1 and verse 15. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me saying to me, come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. And then, then he said to me, the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations and tongues. So it was not talking about waters, talking about people. These people, multitudes, millions of every language is controlled by the spirit of Babylon, the harlot. So waters is waters and waters is also not waters. Okay? Waters. So when he's coming, he's coming with the clouds, in the clouds. When he comes, there will be clouds, but he will also be coming with the clouds. Hebrews 12 and verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Now we, we know, I mean, through all the illustrations we have seen and through the Bible when you see, what are the saints all dressed in? You have a cloud of saints with glory and white robes. They will look like clouds. It's not eye cloud. They will look like a cloud. Oh, you, I mean, the, the, I mean, when you have the sun behind the cloud, you know, the, the, the cloud is bright, and you know, that's how they will look. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of 
witnesses. So it is also talking, he will come with the cloud. It's also talking, he will be coming in the clouds. But with the clouds is also talking about people, the saints who are part of the bride, I believe, who were raptured, he's coming. Let's look. See, you cannot go by one scripture, right? We need to have more than one. Let's go to Colossians 3, 4. Colossians 3, 4. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. When he appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Okay? With him in glory. First Thessalonians 3.13. Note that word. Okay, with is important because one seven, because one seven is a very controversial word in eschatology. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So there are a set of saints who are coming with him. Okay, with all his saints. Then Jude one fourteen. Now Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied about these men also saying, Behold the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. saints. Then you go to Old Testament. Zechariah 14 and verse 5. Then you shall flee through my mountain valley, for the mountain valley shall reach to Azal. Yes, you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Thus the Lord my God will come and all the saints with you. Okay? If you look consistently in all this place, the word that is used is with. He's not coming for. He's coming with them. So there is a set of people who are already with him. And when his second coming comes to rule, to reign on earth, he's coming with them. He's coming with them. Daniel also sees this vision in Daniel 7 in eschatological vision of the last days. Okay, so these are things which they never understood. They saw, they wrote the best they could as God gave them the vision and the, not the interpretation. They wrote it down, but they did not understand it because these were not relevant to them. It was relevant to us. If you go to Daniel chapter 7, if you know the background of Daniel chapter 11, it is talking about the beast kingdom which is coming, its preparation is going on to set the, for the beast kingdom. All the technological advancements that you see today, okay, you need to realize most of the nations in the world are Gentile nations. Okay, Like India is a Gentile nation. They are very good leaders, good leaders around, but they are not aware about what is coming or eschatology. So this technology that is being brought basically for the beast kingdom to use to enslave and control the movements of every man, these Gentile nations will easily and readily accept. They are not, they are not wicked, naturally wicked people. They don't have to be. But they're ignorant of what is happening because technology is neutral. Like if you talk about Telangana, we have our CM. And we have our CM son who is in charge of Hyderabad, urban deployment, IT, everything. He's an extremely intelligent guy, person. You need to realize he's an IT guy. He worked in the U.S. for seven years and then he came back 17 years ago when the Telangana movement without his father knowing and got involved in it. He's got an M, M, M in biotech and an MBA. Okay. And therefore, you have to listen to him. Okay. 
you listen to him and he will realize his vision for Telangana is incredible. How he wants to do things and bring technology in. And if you look at Telangana, in GSDP they talk about, Telangana is number one in seven years. Number one. It's because they brought technology in. Okay, he actually says, you talk about three gorges in China and all, but he says the Kalesharam lift irrigation project in Telangana is the greatest project in the entire world. But because it happened in Telangana, the Prime Minister will never talk about it when he goes abroad. There is no project like that anywhere in the world. Because from what level to what level? Why is it happening? Because these are Gentile leaders who are harnessing technology, but this technology ultimately will be turned against everybody. Okay, he was asked a question. We heard that uh, 64% of the CCTV cameras, public CCTV cameras are in Hyderabad. He said, no, it's not right. I think it's 75%. He says, I understand the right perversy. There are flip sides also, but you need to understand because of this. He says, in a, in a city with 100 crore people, okay, in a city which, okay, 100 crore, I mean, not a, a 10 crore people, 100 million people, okay, he says, all it takes is 15 hooligans to make life miserable. But he says, after we installed in, you look at in Hyderabad, he says, everything has gone down. There is no crime. Crime is absolutely under control because they know we are watching. But this is the same system when it is turned into the wrong hands which will be used to control. So technology, everything like money is neutral. It takes the color or the nature of the person. So we need to realize all around the world, Gentile leaders who are unaware of eschatology and what is coming are preparing unknowingly the platform for the coming of the Antichrist to take over. Because when he comes in, but there are a set of people behind the scenes who are working overnight. Okay, so you need to realize, so, thus the Lord will come and all the saints with you. So, Daniel 7 is a chapter which is talking about the beast kingdom. That's why we looked into that. The beast kingdom is coming. It's very getting closer and closer unless the Lord puts his foot on the brakes. And we always have scripture for also that which is the bridegroom delayed. So if you go to chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14. I was watching in the night visions and behold one like that. Before that is about the father, the ancient of days. Coming with the clouds of heaven. Okay, Coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. Then he was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and language should serve him. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. I basically believe this is my perception. Okay, I'm not saying this is doctrine. Perception is before Jesus comes down, second coming with with the clouds, that is the saints, before that he and the saints will be presented to the Father. To the Father, okay, they will be presented to the Father, and the Father will give them the authority to come down and rule on His behalf. Okay, that's why He is being brought with the clouds to the Father. But the Father is overall in charge, 
Okay, that's what he's talking about in verse 13. I saw one like the son of man coming with the clouds, not coming in the clouds, coming with the clouds of heaven. These saints, okay. He came to the ancient of days and they brought him. Okay, you have to, if you don't, if you don't understand procedure, protocol, you will not understand him. Okay, anywhere, even in a democracy, especially in a kingdom, let us say, because it, it happened to me because you have protocol, you have protocol. Okay, that's how it works. Like when I was working with the army, not in the army, get the difference in and with, okay, with the army. One day when I finished service, uh, there was this Subedar waiting outside and said, Sir, Signal Regiment is having their Christmas program. Would you come and speak? I said, which day? He said, December 17th or so. I said, not a problem. Okay. I had no clue what an army program, big program is like. Okay. So I just came. Uh, they said, sir, uh, the vehicle will pick you up. So they picked me up. I was just dressed and I just put a coat on or tie, nothing. But when I reached the gate of the at Signal Regiment Contonement, it stopped. And when I got out, there was an officer to receive me. Okay. And the officer took my bag. And I'm being taken. They brought him. I'm being taken. And I'm taken and first presented to the commanding officer. From there, the officer walks behind me and the CO walks with me. That is the protocol. In a kingdom, in the, when an ambassador, you will see when an amb- ambassador is presenting his credential, there is an officer who will present him, with him. So that's what they are doing. The cloud of saints and Jesus comes, and there is this official brigade of angels who will present Jesus to the Father. Okay. See, these are all copied from heaven. Okay, present protocol is there. So we have to remember protocol is there. They brought him before him. And the father in verse 14 will, and then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. What is that? All the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom. One kingdom it will become of our God. And all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. So we need to realize what it is talking about. So he came with the clouds, okay, with the clouds, okay. So we don't have to worry about the second coming because no one will miss it. Rapture, most will miss it, okay. So if there is a rapture, I do believe there is a secret coming of Jesus Christ for his bride, okay. Because when it comes to the second coming, no one will miss it. Will miss it. Because every eye that is there on earth, alive, come through tribulation, every eye will see it. Okay? And I also believe the confusion that comes from the old covenant and the new covenant because you need to understand in the old covenant, church was a mystery. They did not know about the church. The mystery was revealed through Apostle Paul. The church was a mystery. So if the church was a mystery, then the taking away of the church is also a mystery. So they didn't understand a lot of things because theirs, though it was revealed to Jewish saints or prophets, it was talking about the mystery called the church and the mystery is taking away of the church. Again, remember, the world will not see or hear when the trumpet is born, 
blown for rapture. They will not see or hear the rapture. Only its results in the same way the world cannot see the church. Okay. The world will, they will be only able to see the results. You need to realize that is what the Antichrist is preparing this situation. Now all the news is about UFOs. Everybody is citing UFOs, aliens and all. So suddenly they will only see the result and they see one set of people have disappeared and the corresponding chaos it causes. They will see aliens came and abducted them. Only those who heard the gospel and were complacent and were left behind, they will know what it is. And then they will believe. Like Thomas, one out of eleven, believed by seeing. Because he was not there. In the same way, many will believe by seeing. What? Not Christ, but the missing church. They will realize, okay, all that we heard and ignored was true. So in the same way, the world cannot see the church. They cannot see the church being taken away too. Let me show you. When I said use the word, the world cannot see the church. John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. You need to realize that the world cannot see the church. They can see the building. They can see the people who go to the church, but the only proof of the church is the spirit inside. Mm. And the world cannot see him. Absolutely. Cannot see him. Cannot you cannot. Mm. They cannot see. But we can. You can go to a strange place, people who haven't seen one sense, you can sense it. That one is a believer. Mm. And the reason is because the spirit in you is a witness to the spirit in that person. You don't know him, you don't know his name, you don't know anything about this thing. But looking at him, something is sent telling you that's a believer because in you and in him is the same spirit. But the world will never understand, never will see. So in the same way the world cannot see the church, the world will also not see the rapture. Only the effects, only the effects. So that's how it works out, okay? So he's not coming in the clouds, is coming. Go back to John. Yeah, to Revelation one seven. He will be peace. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. When he comes with the clouds, every eye will see him. Let's go to Acts chapter one nine and eleven. Nine eleven. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight, into the clouds, and then he went. You couldn't see anyone. It's like a plane that goes in. After that, you can't see the plane. Okay, he went. Who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing? Huh? Yeah, yeah. And two men stood by them. While they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Okay, so we talk about the coming of Jesus Christ from heaven in the like manner. At his, uh, uh, to his disciples, Matthew 24, 25 to 27, and then verse 30. 
See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Look, he is in the inner room, don't believe it. Why? 27. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the sun. He uses an illustration which nobody can miss. See, you can miss the rain, but you cannot miss the lightning. One end of the other end of the sky, everything is lighted. So he says, it will be late. You can't miss my second coming. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. And verse 30. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. Then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming, not with. Now he's coming. He's coming with, yes, okay. But on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. This is the second coming. Okay? This is the second coming where every eye will see. Go to Luke 21, 27. They will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. If you go at his trial in Matthew 26 and 64. 26, 64. Jesus said to him, it is as you said, nevertheless I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Okay, this is the second coming. Okay, this is the second coming which where it is talking about every eye will see him. Every, so you go back to Revelation 1 7, every eye will see him. Okay, every eye will see him. Okay, now what is he coming for? He's not coming to take his bride, he's coming with his bride. What is he coming for? He is coming to judge and to rule. Psalm 98, verse 9. He is coming to judge the earth. With righteousness he shall judge the world and peoples, meaning of different nations, with equity. He is going to come to judge. Matthew 25, 31 and 32. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from the another from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. So he is coming to judge. Okay. In Acts 17.31, Paul in Athens. Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Now we need to understand when Jesus comes, Revelation 1-7 is talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. The purpose of his coming, he is coming to judge. We know when this happens, after a certain event happens. If you go to Daniel chapter 12 and verse 8 to 11. Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? Many shall be purified, made white and refined, for the wicked shall do wickedly. None of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away, and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. 
During the seven-year period of the Antichrist, the third temple will be up. The sacrifices will begin again. That's how he makes peace with the Jews. But towards the middle of it, he will break the covenant with the Jews. He will enter into the Holy of Holies and set himself up. That is called the abomination of desolation. Once that is set, you have 1,290 days left before the second coming of Jesus Christ. You know. So, you know. So when the Bible is talking about the day and the hour, no one knows. I believe it's talking about the rapture. Prepare for that. Nobody knows when he's going to come. But once tribulation begins, you will know exactly he's going to come. Because you know it's seven years. And when the abomination is taken at this thing, okay? So, the tribulation will be like never before. Okay? Matthew 24. Daniel 12.1. First let's go to Old Testament. Daniel 12.1. Same chapter. Okay. At the time Michael shall stand up. Because Michael is supposed to be the guardian angel. The prince over Israel. The great prince who stands. Watches over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble. Such as never was. Since there was a nation. Even to that time. At that time your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book. Not all, but those whose names are there in the book. The Jewish nation is talking about. Matthew 24, 21 to 22, and then 29. For then there will be great tribulation. So Jesus is talking about the same thing that was revealed to Daniel. Tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Who is the elect whose names are written in that book? Okay, verse 30. Uh, no, not 29, 30. Yeah, 29. Immediately after the tribulation, uh, of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Everything, all this. Then the sign, after those days. Okay? The second half of tribulation will be the worst. Will be the worst. First half will not be that bad, but second half will be really, really, really worse. Now, there is a strange words over there. Daniel chapter 12, verse 11, and then verse 12. 12.11, okay. From that time, the daily sacrifice is taken away. The abomination of desolation is set up. There shall be 1,290 days. 1,290 days. Exactly after 1,290 days, Jesus comes. And his kingdom is established on earth. Now if you go to verse 12, Blessed is he who waits and comes to 1,335 days. So between Jesus coming and this, there are 45 days. This 45 days is the presumption where judgment is taking place. Blessed is he who waits. And he comes to 1,335 days. He's come through the judgment on earth. Blessed is he. 45 days are set when Jesus starts ruling on earth. The first 45 days is judgment. The nations are brought. He separates. The judgment is going on. Of the people on earth who survived. Okay. Because this is the question. What is this 45 days? And the presumption is nobody knows for sure. These are things which are hidden. We can only presume. 
Okay, so you need to understand why Revelation one seven is. See, that's why Jesus said, if you read this and you study it and you start correlating it, you will prepare. You will prepare. And second, every eye will see him. That's what we look now. Even they who pierced him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because him. Even so, Amen. Okay. Now, if you go to Piercing, we know is talking about crucifixion. Psalm 22, verse 16. Messianic Psalm. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. It's a prophetic Messianic Psalm about Jesus' death. And this is one of the incredible prophetic Psalms about Jesus' death because crucifixion had not been invented. Crucifixion is very specifically a Roman way of torture. And the Roman Empire hadn't even come. They had other forms of execution, but crucifixion was not there. So this is talking about piercing him. Okay, if you go to Luke chapter 24, 37 to 40, because we are we are dissecting 1-7. Okay? And they were fright. This is Jesus appearing to his disciples after his resurrection. They were Terrified and frightened, suppose they had seen a spirit, and he said to them, Why are you so troubled? Why do you do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Jesus still carries the marks of the crucifixion. That's how you identify him. All the others who were crucified and died and all I believe when they get the resurrected body, those marks won't be there. Because his distinctive marks, because our marks we got did not, was not for salvation. That was for righteousness sake. His marks were specifically for our salvation. So all through eternity, he will carry that marks. Okay? So they shall see, they shall see whom they pierced. Why? Because the marks are there. Okay? And I also, I mean, see when this cloud of saints are coming, it is like a picture, okay, when it's coming over there. I do believe, I mean, no, I can't use the believe, I should say, I presume. Jesus' figure will be really huge. Okay? And it will be very easy to see because all the clouds of saints like will be all around him. Okay? And then he is in the front and in the middle. That's why we always have this picture of him coming like this. You need to realize why this ancient medieval artists were like, no, always put him coming like this because you can see the hands and the feet which they have pierced. That's how he will come. Okay? That's why he said the way he went how did he go? He went blessing them. At Bethany, he was blessing them. He said in the same way. But this time, it's not a blessing because the blessed ones are already with him. This is the ones who have remained, come through the tribulation. He bless. They see his nail marks. They see his nail marks. Okay? And Matthew 24 and verse 10. Okay, before that, Zechariah 12.10. Okay, Zechariah 12.10, because let's go to the Jews before we go to the Gentiles. I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. That is when they will receive grace. Okay, 
as a nation. They will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son. And grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. Okay, now you need to understand what that grieving is to because we don't understand history, we don't understand Israel's history when the Babylonians, when the Assyrians and all attacked and conquered Israel, what they would do is that they will take the boys, the only son, the firstborn and set him apart to take him to Babylon for slavery and the parents and the mothers will be wailing. The son has been. He says the wailing of Israel will be like that when they realize he's the one we pierced. Grace has come. Supplication has come. And they realize the one who came to save us is the one. It's genuine grief. They will, this is not a desperation or anything. They are grieving. Okay. One who mourns, I will pour. Then when you come to Luke chapter 20, uh, sorry, Matthew 24 and verse 10, you will see Jesus. That's where the, not 2410, where they will, uh, the, they will moan and they will, tribes of the earth will cry. I think I got it. It's, it's not 24. It is 24, but not 10. Okay. When he comes, we need that word. 24. Yeah, 30, 30, not 10, 30. 24-30. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. Then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Okay? Now hold it there and go back to Revelation 1-7. Hold it there and go back. You need to realize how clear scripture is if you don't understand. Behold is coming with the clouds, with the clouds. Every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him, that's Zechariah 12-10, those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. So, 24.10 is talking about the rest of the people. Zechariah 12.10 is talking about Israelites. Their mourning will be different. The Gentiles' mourning will be different. They are mourning for the, like their own son was taken away. Okay, and come. Go back to 24.10. You will talk about all the tribes of the earth. It's talking about 30. And the sign, and, and all the, tri- same word is used, all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with heaven. Okay? So, the mourning is different. The mourning of the tribes and the mourning of the Jews are not the same. They are not the same. Okay? One is panic. Okay? Because the one they despised, the one they oppressed, is coming as king to rule the world. Okay? The others are the Jews who have come through tribulation. Through tribulation. Okay? And the question is, that is when they will see and believe. Go to Zechariah 13 and verse 1 and 6. Jews, like Thomas, will see and believe. In that day, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. And verse 6, And one will say to him, What are these wounds between your arms? Then he will answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. They will understand. Then they will believe. This is Israel, okay? So, the question is, 
We're, now we are talking specifically about Jews. How many of them will make it? Romans 11, 1 to 5, and then 25 and 28. Okay? Say then, has God cast away his people that are the Jews, Israel? Certainly not. For I am also an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel, saying, Lord, I have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I alone am left and I, they seek my life. What is What does the divine response say to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. That's taking it, going aside a little for one minute here he say he brings elijah there and talks about 7000 but in that picture there is elijah there is 100 and there is 7000 so elijah is the picture of the bride that is taken bride that is taken the 100 hidden are the ones who will come through tribulation among the church the 7000 represents the jews that will believe because most of the bride is gone. But then there is a remnant of Gentiles, who namesake Christians, who will come through tribulation. They will die, but they will believe. Okay? They will believe. If you come to words 25 to 28, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved as it is written, the deliverer shall come out of Zion. He will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take over their sins. Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But concerning election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. So it is talking about a portion of, okay, then how many? Let us go to, I mean, I'm just giving, not exact numbers. Revelation 7, 1 to 3. We know what 1 to 3 is. After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea or any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, Till we have sealed the servants of a God on their foreheads. So we know subsequent verses, 144,000 Jews or Israelites are sealed. This is during the tribulation period. These are the evangelists. They, during tribulation, will spread the gospel. They are sealed. I believe they will bring multitudes of Gentiles and multitudes of Jews in. Okay, so these are the ones who are sealed. Then in verse 9 and 10, then 13 and 14. Okay. After these things I looked, behold, a great multitude which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. 13 and 14, one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? I said to him, Sir, you know. So he came to me and said, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. So during 
this season, the seven years, you know what? This one forty-four thousand who have been sealed will do the evangelism, and a multitude of people will get saved. But because tribulation is so severe, the only way they will make it is through martyrdom, except those who come through it. So multitude will come out of the great tribulation and wash their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. This is the group. Okay. So how many will be there? Among the Jews, Zechariah chapter thirteen, verse eight and nine. It shall come to pass in the land, says the Lord. This is connected with Israel, okay? That two thirds in it shall be cut off and die, but one third shall I will bring. One third shall be left in it. I will bring one third through the fire will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer them and I will say, this is my people and each one will say, the Lord is my God. So if you have, let us say, approximate number, 300 Israelites, 200 will be destroyed. 100 will come through. So multiply it with whatever number is actual. Two-thirds will be destroyed. Okay? So please remember, these are actual, actual pictures. Actual pictures in the Bible. Okay? Now you understand why Revelation 1-3 is so important. Blessed are those who read, who hear, and who keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. Okay? And so, the purpose of this book is to prepare people of all time. Because Hebrews 9.27 It's appointed unto man to die once and after that is judgment. So for all time this book is good. For all ages it was good because first thing, it prepares you for judgment. Okay. Second, it is very good for the people in the last days. It prepares you for rapture. Three, it is good for the people who come through tribulation because it doesn't matter whether you die before rapture or whether you are raptured or whether you come through tribulation, everyone will be judged. Judgment is inevitable. Everyone will be judged for their rewards. So the Bible says, okay, the Bible says this is a book that is given for us to prepare, not to scare us, but to prepare us, because you know what, you're already in the kingdom. Okay? Now we are waiting for the day of judgment, and that day will come. The day will come. And this book prepares. So, one more time, we will read verse 1-7. Okay? And we see how it goes. Behold, meaning, look. Behold, meaning it's your heart's eye and your spirit's eye. Behold, look, see. He is coming with clouds. And every eye will see him. He's coming with clouds. And when he comes, every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him. That are the Jews. Okay, that is Zachariah. All the tribes of the earth will mourn him. That is Matthew 24, 30. Even so, Amen. Even so, Amen. So this is talking not about rapture. This is talking about the Why it is good to dwell on these things is that, see the only with Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 will say, um, in, in case, okay, okay, not 1, 3, 3, 1, 
three one no if you have been if then if then you have been raised with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God set your mind on things above not on earth the only way the only way we can go through what is happening in life all the troubles and the trials and the testings okay or the pleasures or the cares of the world the bible talks about this by focusing on what is coming it is coming whether you like it or not it is coming and when it comes it is an everlasting kingdom okay so there are three things here one you prepare people to die because it is inevitable people have to die everyone will die unless you happen to be alive at the hour when jesus comes for the church and you happen to be the bride so you have to people prepare them to die and face judgment prepare the bride so you don't have to worry you are taken and bible verses are there luke 21 36 is there and revelation 3 8 and 9 is there you, you should be found worthy to escape all these things and stand you have that's what rapture demands worthiness you have to be found worthy the standard is very high very very high the standard is very high you have to be found worthy standard is very high okay you, you do I, i this is my personal assumption others will talk about i am not i'm just just looking what scripture says and what i understand is this and those who don't will come through tribulation but in tribulation they will also come with their robes washed white with the blood of jesus christ because that is test they will come through the fire come through the fire so these three things are there like i said there are lots of churches who have prepared made booklets and left it to their family and to their church members to leave it in their homes so that the ones in your home the children who are very casual and this thing about it he said leave it at home so that they will know when rapture takes place the one who prepared leaves they will know how to prepare for tribulation how not to give in and choose to die so these three preparations are there there is a preparation for death preparation for rapture and a preparation for tribulation and the book of revelation prepares you for okay if you have doubts let me give you <laughs> i say pastor is shooting his mouth i'm not shooting my mouth i'm showing you scripture go to revelation chapter 13 verse 7 and verse 10 This is the beast kingdom the antichrist has come he was given power by whom by god to make war against the saints and to conquer them and he was given authority over every tribe people language and nation so there are saints at that time okay if anyone is to go into captivity into captivity he will go if anyone is to be killed with the sword with the sword he will be killed this calls for patience endurance and faithfulness on part of the saints these are the tribulation saints they will be killed they will be taken and sold as slaves no talking about okay. okay that's why there is one school of thought which is talking about that um, antichrist is going to come from europe and remember a whole part of europe uh, uh, middle east turkey to northern africa was part of the roman empire that's from where the antichrist and there are a lot of people who believe the antichrist will be from the muslim community 
could be from the Muslim community. We are not sure because they say because of the nature of the execution, the ones who kill with the sword are the Muslims. They execute, they cut their heads off even now. There's no other community in the world who cuts heads off except them. So it says, you know, he will. And anyone goes into captivity will go into captivity. And among them, they say there are still slavery. Slavery. It's still slavery in their palaces and all that. They say there are white women who are enslaved and kept. They cannot leave or anything for the sheikhs and all that. They are enslaved. So slavery, this is all allowed in that, in their religion. Execution is allowed by cutting, beheading. Slavery is allowed. And you need to realize what they are preparing for what they call Mahdi. Mahdi. Yeah, the Mahdi who is coming is actually the Antichrist. If you look at him, the Mahdi. And of course, we have Mahdi Patnam in Hyderabad too. Okay, they are preparing for the Mahdi to come. Okay, so we need to realize all these pictures. We are not very sure, but I am saying these pictures are there. Okay, because there are only three monotheistic religions. One is Jews. They are waiting for their Messiah to come. The first coming of Jesus Christ, they will realize on that day, he already came and went and we pierced him. They waiting for the Messiah. The church waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And another community thinking Mahdi is the Christ. Mahdi is the Christ. Okay. So there are actually three groups who are waiting for the Messiah. But the, each one's understanding is completely different. The Jews are waiting for the first coming when actually he has come and gone. The Christians are waiting for the second coming. And the third group has been completely fooled where they will actually welcome the Antichrist as Christ. Okay. And these are the three monotheistic, only three monotheistic religions. The rest are all polytheistic, multiple gods. So you need to realize in each of these things, and they all three have Abraham as their father. The roots is Abraham. Okay, Abraham has their father. That's why yesterday when we look, when Abraham goofs up, the whole world goofs up. <laughs> That's it. Chal. Let's have Peter and then we shall pray. Right? But it was, and somebody who knows, somebody somewhere can take all these things and make it, make into, I'll go line by line and make it into one of the most detailed expositions on the book of Revelation. And we shall print it. Who knows? I will not do it. You know me. <laughs> somebody, I will edit it. I will not do it. So we have come towards seven. Yes. Knowing I'm 
covered by the blood of the Lamb. Mm, and now I found greatest love of all is mine since you lay down your life. Greatest
Father, this morning we just come to you, Lord. All we can say is thank you, Father, for the gift of salvation. That no one could have ever earned it. The right to be in your presence. It was only possible because of your son. Because of his blood. We just want to thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And I pray, Father, even as the church and the world goes through such uncertain and difficult times, our hearts and minds will be always on that coming day. But all of life is a preparation for one day. The day each one will stand before Christ Jesus and give an account. That day, Lord, everything in life especially for your children, is tuned towards that, O oh Lord. Everything is tuned towards that, that one day. Everything, Lord, is tuned to that one day. Help us to see life in that light. There you are purging us. You are chipping away, cutting away like Elijah in Kerith. Even that man of prayer, incredible man of prayer, had so much in his life that had to be quietly and secretly to be dealt with by the Spirit of God in Kerith and then refined in the furnace of Zarephath. If he had so much to go through to be rapture ready, how much more us, Lord? Pray these lessons will not be lost on us, that we will not be people just to read, people who just hear, we will be people by your grace, your power, your strength, people who do. Help us, Lord. We continue to speak over our children, all of our children, spiritual and our own children and grandchildren, that all of our children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be their peace. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Once again, standing in your presence in your house, we proclaim, Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Ever and ever. God's people said, Amen. 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 Amen.